into it. Let's have some fun. <laughs> Hi. How's Hi. everyone doing? I hope everyone's good. I say happy Monday to you, but it'll be Wednesday for y'all when you're here. Yeah. Okay. So I was about to say happy Monday, but I was like, oh, they're going to listen to it on Wednesday. <laughs> Happy Monday for us and happy hump day for y'all. Hey, hump day. <laughs> so how was your week? Um, it was good. I feel like it hasn't been that long since we talked last. So nothing really crazy happened. I had a, I actually had a good weekend. I um decided that I wasn't going to be a workaholic this weekend. And yesterday, I'm off on Sunday, Monday. So yesterday I went out to brunch. We have like on the beach that I live on, we have a restaurant that's on the pier that's really good. And I haven't sat at the outside bar once yet all summer. So I decided to take myself to brunch, um, you know, take myself on a date, whatever. So I had brunch by myself. Um, the bartender was really cool. I met this lovely old couple that just moved down here around when I did talk to them for like 30 minutes. But I also brought a book. I'm that girl that goes to the bar and reads. Like, it's kind of... What crazy. book? What book you reading? So... Last week, I told you guys I finished Colleen Hoover, It Ends With Us, which was really good, and I do want to read more of her books, but or at least from, like, what I'm gathering, a lot of her books are, like, love stories, and I'm, like, I'm kinda. not in my love, yeah, I'm not, like, in my love book era, like. Kind of, you know but I, with a twist, like, Verity is more of, like, a psychological thriller. I do want to check out some of those, because I've, I do, like, I love, like, murder mystery, or, like, uh. What were all the shows snapped and all those like crazy shows? First 48. Yep. Yeah. So, like, I'm definitely so I want to check out some of her other books, but I have been recently um, very infatuated with New York City and hmm. New York lifestyle. Um, I'm still like dabbling in fiction books because I've read so many self-help books this year that I'm like. Same. <laughs> uh, but Steve Martin, if you guys don't know who he is, that's kind of crazy. But if you watch Only Murders in the Building um, on Hulu, which is such a good show, you need to watch it. Very like satire, funny, but really good. Uh, Selena Gomez is in it. Steve Martin, I can't remember the other actor's name, but Steve Martin's in it. And he's actually an author. And so last weekend, I went to a local bookstore because I've been trying to find like a new local bookstore to support um, in my area. And I kind of just like, I honestly am manifested this book. I like walked in and I was like, I want a fiction book about a girl living in New York City. Um, but I had no idea what I was looking for. And I found Steve Martin's book on sale, hardback, like very nice book for $14. And it's so good. It's about this girl um, that's living in New York. And she's like, I'm an art kid. And she's like into the art world. Um, she essentially works at like galleries and it's like starts from her like moving there and having no money to like working her way up in the art industry. Um, but the thing that I love about the book is that while it's like a really good fiction story, I think technically it's based off of a true person that Steve Martin knew, but because he like obviously didn't live his day-to-day -day life with this girl, mm -hmm. um, it's still considered fiction because a lot of the story he's had to kind of create himself for like the actual scenarios um how they played out when she was at work and stuff like that but the thing i love about it is all of the facts that they're talking about all of the artists that they're talking about they actually have pictures of the art too are actually real facts about art they're real paintings and so i don't know it's just really cool like i think it's a good way to like read fiction 
and like with a nonfiction twist. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But like something that I'm really interested in, um, because I don't know, I've just realized I've really gotten back into reading this year, which I was always kind of a big reader, but I didn't read that much last year. Mm. But I find, especially because I'm such a talkative person, um, and the older I get, the more you read, whether it's fiction or nonfiction, it kind of helps. It just makes your opinions expand wider, your mm -hmm. knowledge. Mm -hmm. It's just a great way to keep learning when you're not necessarily in school. Um, yeah. Helps yeah. build your vocabulary, too. Yeah. <laughs> so I got lost in a book for a while. It was amazing because <laughs> I could literally see the whole ocean. It was perfect weather. We're finally starting to get out of the humid time down here. And we're, like, anywhere between 82 to 86. And then under the covered pier, it's like the okay. Don't rub it in because it is <laughs> 90s in Charlotte. It is hot as hell. So yeah, it's starting don't to cool rub down. It in. <laughs> We're in hurricane season, so it's getting a little bit cooler. We're getting a little bit more wind. But did that, and I've also been making a conscious effort to start reaching out to a lot of the people um, that I've kind of befriended um, when I first moved here because I haven't really seen a lot of them and spent a lot of one on one time with them. So I spent some one-on-one -on -one time with a newer friend yesterday. Uh, we just went and got food and then went and hung out at their house for a bit. And it was actually really good. Um, good to be fostering connections. Did I stay up way too late or should I say too early into the morning? So pretty much slept all day. Oh, my gosh. You got to live. You have to live. Yeah. <laughs> um, so today's been pretty chill. I've literally laid on my couch and fallen in and out of naps and I'm a Twilight girly, so they have the extended, like, extra clips on Amazon right now for free. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm on my Twilight journey for like a million Wait, are you... <laughs> I remember reading those books in high school. And are I... you Team Edward or Team Jacob? See, I am Team Jacob. Ugh, unpopular <laughs> opinion. I am Team Edward. <laughs> I am I Team like... Jacob. Only because I think Jacob is more attractive. That's the only oh, reason why. that's everyone. I mean, the body, <laughs> all of it. But, like, I don't know. I'm just, I've always been a Robert Pattinson fan. Um, really cool fun fact. I guess they're not technically my grandparents anymore, but my dad's ex-wife, her mom worked at the school that they shot Twilight at. Huh. Okay. And it's in Coloey, Washington. And we lived in Washington for a summer. Um, and so I got to meet them. And they you know, wanting to be like great grandparents to their new granddaughter. And they, my dad told them how much I love Twilight. So you can go to Coloey, Washington, where I know the book takes place in Forks, but they actually shot the movie in Coloey. Um, I think that's what it's called. I hiked Col that waterfall that's in, it's, in the movie. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. It's not Coloey. It's Kalama is the name of the town in Washington where they actually shot the movie. And so again, my grandmother is a secretary. Well, my old grandmother I don't know, whatever. It's a secretary at that school. So you can go during certain times of the year to the general public and pay to like mm -hmm. get a tour because they did completely renovate um, the gym for that movie and then took it all out when they were done, but they had to put back <laughs> the gym. Um, like the mural that you see them walk by every time they go yeah. out to the woods, that was actually something that was already there that the students had painted. So like you can yeah. walk around and see all of that. But I actually got a special tour that's not open to the public because there was certain like classrooms and hidden rooms that they built things in. Um, like, for example, the greenhouse when they went on the field trip, that was like 
they still have it and it was built, but it's kind of in a secret area and they don't want to necessarily let people into all areas of the school. Mm -hmm. But I've got to see all those places because my grandmother worked there. So she didn't, we didn't like pay or anything. Like she took me on a random like weekend day off and like gave me the private tour. So, and can I just say this breaks my heart, which I know she's gone through a lot and I still love her, but she told me that Kristen Stewart's a bitch. I'm not surprised. Like a lot of these people are bitches yeah, and assholes. And she said that at first she was team um, Edward, but and she didn't say Robert Pattinson was rude. She just said he was he was kind of quiet, more reserved. But she's team Jacob. But because she said he's the sweetest person ever. But I guess Kristen Stewart at the time was the only person on set that was still in high school. Um, so Wait, she, had she was in high school. When yeah, she was. I didn't know in, that. Yeah, she was still in high school when she shot the first movie. Um, and if you're a child actor, you do still have to do schooling during filming. Like during, there's a certain amount of hours a day she had to do school. And they gave her like, I saw the room. They gave her a whole private room with a private tutor, like teacher, in the library for her to, to do which classwork. Was, which was, again, like a kid's bedroom could be in there and she like threw a huge fit because she wanted a whole classroom but my grandma and i think this is specifically why my grandma didn't like her because she was mean to my grandma my grandma told her no she shut that down because the filming it's of just the her why would she well, need a whole classroom and the other thing is they actually didn't close down i agree with that so like i understand why my grandma said no but they shot the movie during school the school year and the school still had to stay open because it's a small town. So there's not like, you can't just send all these students away because someone's paying the money to film a movie there. So, so much of the school was already overtaken by the film set. Like, like I said, they took over their whole gym and built the school's gym in it um, for not that many scenes. Like there wasn't that many scenes in the gym. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so when she wanted a whole classroom, my grandma was like, no, but apparently she, know true 18 year old child actor fashion through a bit so i'm hoping she's because i do love her i really do and her transformation of who she is i love but um you know hoping she's a better person because my grandma said she wasn't a fan <laughs> well i had an eventful weekend um so I, I've been doing a lot of running and I can't wait to have a weekend where I don't have to do anything. But um, it was my friend's baby shower this weekend. So we went to that. Uh, it's it's awesome. Like my yeah. friend group having kids. And it was so beautiful. Kane wasn't the only little baby there. So he was having fun with all the other babies. Also, Side note, I'm really shiny because I just got done working out. So ignore, <laughs> ignore my forehead. No, <laughs> it's glaring. But um, yeah, we went to that and it was absolutely wonderful. Um, and then we had a four-year-old birthday party on Sunday at the park. And that's always a dangerous place because my kid is obsessed with the park. He will run across everything and they had a splash pad so you know we weren't leaving till hours later because he had yeah. to go to the splash pad but he is uh he's growing his back teeth finally so i'm so excited he's grown up on me and he knows his nose 
My oh son knows. Motor, <laughs> I, I don't even know if I'm saying motor skills, but like self-awareness yeah awesome. well because when he starts talking he he does he's not in daycare or preschool or anything right now um his grandpa keeps him throughout the day when we're working i don't want him to go to school until he can talk and tell me what happens what's like happening? yes yeah. i need to know what's going on you need to do a full report because if someone tries to touch you i need to know so. It sounds terrible, but like, I'm not going to say that I'm going to be a helicopter mother because like, I want my kids to have freedom because I didn't have a lot of freedom growing up. But in this day and climate, my kids are definitely not going to daycare until, to be honest with you, if someone looks at me and tells me they want to put a baby in me, I have to not be able to work for the next five years. And I don't want to not work once I have kids, but I want to stay home with my kids. And I, I want it to be that way too, but I'm the breadwinner. I told Kev, like, if we have another kid, I'm not working. Point and blank, period. I'm not working. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm definitely, I don't want to work the first four to five years that I have. I really only want to have one kid. So when I have my first kid, maybe two. Um, but I know this is so crazy, but just with all of the shootings and the lack Facts. of facts you know laws on gun control i i don't want to homeschool my children but i want to make sure that me and my partner have enough money to pay for a homeschool teacher i'm still gonna let my kids like um do sports because if you're homeschooled you can do sports in your area at those schools yeah but i think that i'm definitely um, that is a really big consideration that we're taking in and uh not only just me, but like a lot of people that I know now that have kids, homeschooling is looking very appealing. And I was so against it because I'm like, no, because it's going to be weird. He's going to be socially awkward. But looking more into it, they have homeschooling groups where, because you, you don't have to do homeschooling all day. So like you could do like an hour here, an hour there, and then go on a trip somewhere and with yeah. the group. And I actually had friends that were homeschooled, but, um, or at least I don't know other states, but in North Carolina, um, you, if you're homeschooled, whatever your like home, like your school would be, if you were go to, to go to public school, you are allowed that those schools can't prevent you from trying out for sports teams, participating in clubs and stuff, which I feel like allows my child to still have the opportunity to my child exist. <laughs> yeah, but it gives them the opportunity to still be social, make friends, be around other kids. Mm -hmm. But like, I mean, and honestly, I never really thought about it until my niece and my nephew, they both just started. Um, my niece did homeschool um, for kindergarten, not because her parents were necessarily scared to send her to school. They didn't want her to have to go to school with a mask on and all of that during COVID. Yeah. They just wanted her to be able to go and like be a kid. Mm -hmm. um, so she she started first grade today oh. and she's going to public school and my nephew starts on Wednesday because he's in kindergarten. You know, I guess they stagger it the first yeah. week um, and he starts Wednesday. And at the same time where I've been super excited, like I love all the pictures and like I've been talking to them for the last two weeks about it. I'm not going to lie, like in the back of my head as their aunt, it actually terrifies me of mm -hmm. like. And I like asked my brother about that. And he was like, yeah, you know, at the end of the day, it's all risks that you're taking, mm -hmm. but they're pregnant with one. They have, they still have a three, a three, four year old at the house. 
So they just, it's already been a lot during COVID and they both work from home to have two children and know that they have a newborn on the way. So it was kind of like, they need yeah. to get her into school. So. Yeah, but uh, if you ever have kids, you'll realize that you'll start to see danger everywhere else where you never really paid attention where mm-hmm. there's danger. Cause I, even at home, I'm just like, and he go check if he's still breathing. <laughs> Which is wild. Because yeah. he's one and a half now. Like I'll wake up like five times in the middle of the night just to make sure he's still breathing, even though he's I fine. I tell you, that's why I want one. Like I was even talking to my mom the other day and telling her that I was gonna go to French by myself and bring my book. And she's like, I wish I could do that. And I was like, Well, you know, you don't have kids and like it's just you. Like you can I don't have kids, I don't have a significant other, like I can literally do whatever I want pretty much any day of the week. Um, But yeah, she was talking about how she lost, she feels like she lost her identity a lot in being a mom. And so like, when I think about that, I think about that like danger, like, cause I'm like, my kid's not gonna, which I don't think there's anything wrong with this, but like, I'm too scared to let my baby sleep in the bed with me. And I don't even have one. (laughs) I I was like that until I did it. (laughs) I I feel like that's what every mom tells me, but I'm like, I, I definitely would want to do it once, um, for sure. Cause I, I want to have that experience. I want to know that that kind of love is like, but that's oh, what that love is. The yeah. I see what I have for my love. nieces and my nephews and I can like only imagine. It's great. I, I already didn't know my heart could expand that much. Yeah. With my nieces mm-hmm. and my nephews. So I can only imagine like my own. But, like, the thought of, like, doing it multiple times, I'm, like, mm, I'm good on that. I don't know how people do it multiple times because that and this shit is horrible. <laughs> <laughs> Being pregnant is horrible. It's not beautiful. Like, pe- like media makes it seem like it's horrific. Yeah. Yeah. It- so, I'm good. <laughs> One time. And, like, I don't know. That's, like, kind of – I literally this weekend I started writing down a list of non-negotiables. Um, for when I start dating again, like things that like I will not fuck on. Like, you want to know what my list was for what? starting out? <laughs> so this is very like fresh, fresh, fresh. When I started dating someone, my minimum requirements for like the first time, I mean, my requirements built over time, but first time coming over to their space, it has to be clean because I feel like if you invite me to your space and it's dirty, the first time I come over, you do not respect me. Like, yeah, how, are you, how are you going to let me come over and your place is looking like shit? That means you don't care what your space looks like. You don't care about your clean, cleanliness and how you present yourself. Therefore, what do you think about me? You think I'm going to be okay with this? No. Secondly, uh, your bed, your matches cannot be on the floor. You have to have a bed frame with a headboard. That's fair. <laughs> and you have to have books, some kind of books in your house. Yeah. You have to read, so I know you can articulate and make conversation. <laughs> no, that's important. I have it a hundred percent. You know, the crazy thing is, again, what really made me want to do this is I've been thinking about doing it. And like I said, I hung out with a, a friend yesterday. And we were just talking and this person's significantly older than me. I mean, they're 39, about to be 40. I'm only 26. Um, so it's always nice to have older friends. I, I have a lot of older friends and I like it because 
one, they respect me and they don't try me, <laughs> but because they've just been in life too much for the most part. But two, I feel like they can give me a lot of insight um, into things that I haven't, or I wouldn't say I haven't experienced, but like kind of how to like go into that moving forward as I'm getting older and like be smarter in the decisions I'm making. And they asked me yesterday, like, well, you know, like, what is your list of non-negotiables? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> um, but it's because I do want to really sit down and think about it. But I will tell you this much whoever I marry, because um, I would like to not have a child until I'm married to that person. Ideally, I know things happen, but that's the goal. But like, I promise you going into that relationship, I 100% want them to know that the only amount of kid, if I'm able to have a kid that I can promise you is one, I may be open to the, you know, two after I've had the first one and I see how that goes. But I want you to also be okay with the fact that it might be one and done. And like a lot of people tell me I'm crazy for that because I grew up in a big family and they're like, oh, you don't want your kids to have siblings. But I'm like, no, so no. Okay. So here's the thing I feel like that saying right there is super fucking toxic and it gets on my fucking nerves. You wanna know why? Because you can't tell, like, shit is just so annoying. You can't tell someone. You need to have another baby. You don't know what that person experienced through pregnancy. Pregnancy is very hard on the body. It's not like it's not like you jumping up and down doing jumping jacks and shit. No, it's hard as hell. And oh, yeah, it scares the shit out of me. Like even thinking it's about it. mentally taxing too. So if a woman is like, "I am one and done," I wish people would respect it. Yeah. I really wish people would respect it when someone says it's one and done because then when you're like, well, no, because I get it all the time. Your son needs someone to play with. Yeah, he has me. And he's going to make some friends. Like, And my kid, I have 14 brothers and sisters. And two of my, four of my siblings have already had, every single one of them have more than one kid. Like my child is going to have a full life. They will have friends to play with, like, yeah. So I'm not really concerned about that, but I do know as I'm working on my list of non-negotiables, I know that that's a big one for me is and you expensive. have to be okay. Yeah, that that's why taking care of myself is expensive. <laughs> and then you gotta add a baby and then another one and then college. No, I'm good. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I think that's definitely number one on my list of non-negotiables, which and then some of my friends also tell me I'm crazy because I'm thinking about them. Like, girl, you're going on the first date. But I heard this on a different podcast that I listened to because um, she was just she'd been single for seven to nine years. I can't remember. She's in her 30s and she's finally started dating someone and which is amazing. It's going really great for her. Um, but she did a solo episode for the first time because her cause wasn't there. And she kind of everyone wanted to know, like, how to date, like how to date. Um, how do you like try to find the right person? And this is a piece of advice that I took the most from it that I'm really going to keep um, and not necessarily say I'm dating right now, but like, you know, it's good to start thinking about these things. <laughs> she said that between the first three to five dates, you need to write down your list of non-negotiables. Every time you go on a date with that person, look over that again, keep it in the back of your mind. She's like, if you need to keep it in a note on your phone and if that person in that first three to five dates to, does not meet that list 100%, you need to move on. And the reason why she said you really need to do that is because this is such a good point. And I think about this 
in my last relationship, the relationship before that. So my last relationship, not my last relationship, but the one before that, I lived with this guy. The guy I'm like, I dated this guy for years. This was fresh out of uh, high school. And we lived together for a really long time. And when we broke up and like going through that whole process of, you know, when you go back and forth and him coming back to live with me and then leaving, living with me, he can come back and live with me. I remember my number one non-negotiable going into my next relationship was that I would not live with another boyfriend and at least until I had an engagement ring. If you put an engagement ring on my finger, okay, like we can live together. But when I tell you, when you start dating someone and you immediately get lost in those feelings, you immediately put on those rose colored glasses, which is like what she said. And I was like, that's so true. And things that you tell yourself are non-negotiable, you start to sweep under the rug because you're wearing those rose colored glasses. And sure enough, my last relationship, we moved in with each other really quickly. And again, not saying that I necessarily regret anything, but there were so many times, like even during that relationship and after that, I was like, I realized I had not grown as much as a person as I wanted to, because it was like, that was your number one. And that went out the window immediately. So I really want to adopt that. Um, I also think we have a really bad issue in our society where you start texting people all the time and FaceTiming them. So you feel like you really know them before you've actually dated them. And then people start having sex with people before they've actually like gotten to know if they really like this person. And then when you add that piece in there, you even get more lost in the sauce. So I think my big thing is you got to take me out at least five times before anything. And I'm not even talking about sex. I'm just talking about like really anything. <laughs> and if you don't hit all those things on my list before that, like, no, because I'm a, when I love, I love hard and I'm fully invested. So and I, I, make I like that piece of advice too, because you're also setting up your boundaries as well. Yeah of what you'll tolerate and what you don't tolerate. Cause that, that is a good point. Like those, what would you call them? Rose colored glasses Yeah, is, is real. Cause I've had situations where like, you know, the D was just too good. I ignored everything. So yeah. I, mean, I even think about my yeah. most recent past relationship and we didn't, necessarily have like a big blowout like nothing crazy happened no one was like cheating on each other we weren't like screaming at each other all the time you know it's not why we broke up we had our other reasons um but at the same time like you know it's hard one it's hard to move on from people mm -hmm. um and something that i've been really thinking about lately even when i hear my other friends talking about stuff going on in their relationships i think about if my friend was telling me what was happening to her and it was my exact situation, what would I tell her? Uh, you know what I mean? And it's like, but those rose colored glasses. So mm -hmm. it's like, you keep going back, you keep going back. So yeah, yeah. I, I think. But also like too, you're like, when it comes to certain situations, yeah, you might tell your friend this, but whatever, is it just me in here? No, it's us. Oh, <laughs> but. <laughs> Whatever next step is going on in your relationship, it'll only happen when you're ready. Yeah. Or say, say for instance, like it's just a toxic relationship. You're not going to leave until you're ready. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. That's why I think like any friends I ever had that like, and I understood that they were coming from a supportive place of like trying, they cared about me and they love me. 
But I've had some friends that have been like, okay, I know that like she cries about this every week and I know we're her friends, but like, first of all, we're her friends. We're supposed to be here for her. And then two, on top of that, like anytime I've had a friend that's been like trying to like be angry with me and be like, you need to leave this person, blah, blah, blah. It never worked. If anything, I ran back even more because when something, when we're not supposed to be doing something, it's human nature to go back for us mm -hmm. to be more attracted to that. So like, the more you try to force me to get away from that, honestly, it kind of made me want to go back to it even more, which isn't good. Mm -hmm. um, so I think with my friends, I've always tried to, just because I know how it's felt in that situation, if they're going through something and a person's toxic, I'm going to be honest with them. I'm going to tell them, you know, I think you deserve to be treated better or, you know, or I'll, I mean, like my best friend had done this with a million times, like, okay, Jojo, I understand this. And we can have this conversation every week. Like I'm saying this from a place of not of me judging you or trying to get at you, but one, people are only going to treat you the way that you allow them to treat you. Mm -hmm. um, so mm -hmm. first of all, this person, I know to you, it feels crazy that they're doing this to you because you love them and you're like, why would someone who loves me do that? But you also keep going back when they do that. So like, mm -hmm. Yeah, so I, I love that girl right the, right before the relationship I'm in now. Like, Kev is like heaven sent in comparison. And it's so funny because I was so like blinded with those like whatever love goggles or whatever. Oh, yeah. I got water on my shirt. <laughs> <laughs> or, or I think I was, we're, we're all adults. I feel like I was stigmatized. Just because it was, uh, we weren't even together. It was more of like a situationship. And it was really toxic. And I decided to ignore the red flags, despite what my best friend was saying. She was like, no, don't leave him just because. Okay, so he was, ugh. Um, he ended up, so he told me about one child that he had, but lied about his other children to me. And so that they were his like godchildren, and mm -hmm. ended up at the end of it had three baby moms, four kids, and um, and I didn't even find out from him. I found out through social media, and I'm like, hey, yo, if you would have been up front, we could have done something, but <laughs> since you didn't. Now I got to go. That was my limit. I mean, there's other things that transpired within that time frame. It lasted for about a year and some change. And I, I wish, now that I look back on it, I wish I could have given myself that advice and, like, listened to myself. But at the same time, at that point in my life, I didn't understand my worth. And therefore, yeah. I allowed so much stuff to happen until we finally, I, I finally ended it. He wasn't going to end it. I finally ended it. Not directly. I started being a major bitch to him to make him end it with me so I can be free. But I didn't value myself in that relationship. And I would say that's the biggest thing. Like, as you're single, like, I wish I was... I, I wish I had been single for a longer point of time to really understand my worth and my value, my understand my self-confidence and myself 
it's like a move confidently in relationships because when I took that time and met Kev, it's been, I want to marry Kev. Yeah, see, listen, but- <laughs> I understand that because that's, that's how I feel. Like a lot of my friends um, recently have been like trying to push me like, oh, maybe you should go out and date. Like you should see other people. And I get it. Like it's important to be social, you know, see what's out there. And like you don't have to. I feel like a lot of times as women, I don't know about men. I can't speak for men because I'm only a woman. But I feel like a lot of times as women, it's hard for us because like you go on that first date and we immediately – I, I don't know, maybe this is just me, but I don't think it is. But like you start already automatically putting yourself like- And there's like script in this Yeah, it's, you start like trying to play out your lives together and mm-hmm. see like, what would it be like? When it's like, I understand what my friends are saying. It's like, just cause you go on a date with someone doesn't mean that you have to go on another date with them or that you, you know what I mean? Like just go have fun, get free dinner. Which don't get me wrong, free dinner is nice, but I am also at a point where, um. I've been in two pretty serious relationships out of outside of like high school. Um, And I would definitely say that in each relationship that I was in, there was a point in that relationship where I thought that that person was going to be the person that I spent the rest of my life with. Like I thought that was it. Um, So if I'm being real with you, I know there's, I think there's this one girl on TikTok who basically she bases content around like, how she makes sure to have a date planned every week of the night. So she never has to pay for her dinner, which like, don't get me wrong. That's a great, you know, good for you. Go do you, I don't, I don't care. If, if uh, that's how you're getting it. <laughs> and if that's what she wants, then I think that's fine. But for me personally, cause my friends think it's crazy. Cause like, I've definitely had people, I mean, even just like gone out to the bars with my friends and had men come up to me and be like, oh, I want to take you to dinner and blah, blah. But it's like, Let's be honest. First of all, within about the first 10 minutes of talking to someone, you can kind of get a good idea. Yeah. If you would actually go out with them or not. So where a lot of my friends are like, girl, you better get that free dinner. He's talking about taking you to a steakhouse or something. I'm at a point in my life where I don't want to date someone for four years again Mm -hmm. to end up heartbroken where Mm -hmm. I've been at for the Mm -hmm. last, you know, nine months. Like I don't, want to do the same and I also understand that in dating like that's a risk that you take there's always a chance that things can happen and your heart could be broken but I also think that um I was not very intentional into going into my last relationships and I don't mean that in a bad way because I will say my last relationship was beautiful the one before that I hate that person now I want nothing to do with them but um But like, there's a lot of things that I see in myself now being out of that relationship where I'm like, no, this is where you need to grow as a person or like, and then I think about it, I wasn't looking for a relationship Mm -hmm. the last time I got in a relationship, but you know, it just happened. And that happens sometimes. Sometimes you meet someone and you fall for them and that's how life works. Um, But at this point in my life, when I really start seriously dating again, I would love for this person to hopefully be my forever person so but with that and i think that's the people the thing that people don't realize too is like and this is why i've been so focused on taking care of myself and like mm-hmm. taking care of my mental health and i mean little things like making my sure my space is clean when i'm home alone and mm-hmm. making sure that my finances are in order and making sure that i have a good schedule and routine for myself so that when i do meet a person i'm not 
relying on them to entertain mm-hmm. me all of the time because at the end of the day, you attract the energy that you put out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So my last relationship was far better than the one before that. Um, but we both still have a lot of growing to do as mm-hmm. people. And in a lot of ways, there was, you know, I remember the first like year and a half, I was like, holy fuck, I've never been in a relationship this healthy. Like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> I was like kind of losing my mind. Um, but in a sense, like we were still two broken people and not all the way, but we we're still two broken people. So there was a lot of reasons why that worked, that, that didn't work. Right. And, mm-hmm. and then like the crazy part is I get out of it now and my mom is going through a really tough situation and her situation is affecting me a lot. And I realize how much childhood trauma that I'm holding on to. So like mm-hmm. a really bad false subconscious belief that I have, and I have definitely felt this every time, not even just my two serious relationships out of high school. I remember my like first puppy love in high school, my first like real long-term relationship. Um, every single relationship I've gotten out of for the most part, typically, cause again, I'm a lover and I love hard. So for the most part, every time that I've gotten out of a relationship, I was broken up with. I didn't necessarily break up with that person. I think I broke up with a couple people, but I was like, I was never, that was young high school. I was in love with those people. But every single time I came out of those relationships, because I'm such, I don't want to say I'm a perfect partner. No one's perfect, but I am a good partner. And I Mm -hmm. believe that about myself. Like I'm loyal. um, I'm understanding. I'm not. I feel like so many girls say this, but like, I'm not crazy. Like, I'm really not. Like, I don't, for me personally, like, dude, literally, I'm telling you, like, if I have to get in my car and leave my house in the middle of the night and bang on your door and come and search your house, like, no. Oh, I'm leaving at that point. Yeah, no, I'm not doing that. I have to do that. I'm leaving at that point. I feel like if I have the need to feel like I need to go through your phone, I'm done. That's, that's the immediate problem right there. <laughs> Um, but you, I, I realized, I've realized a lot lately that like every relationship I've got out of, I've always felt like, wh- why am I not enough? You're not enough. Like why I'm never enough. Like I'm such a good partner. Half the time, the thing that always blows my mind too, is that like these people would break up with me and they'd be like, you're perfect. I love you. And I'm like, well, I don't get it. Like that's still not enough. It's because like, of them. It's because yeah, of them. So, so I realized that. But I also realized that my stepdad, um, I don't know, it's a whole, I don't want to go too deep into it today, but just to give you an idea of like the level of strict I grew up in, um, I could cook dinner, clean the house, top to bottom, sweep the floors, everything like I was supposed to every night, which I did because I was scared of him. And he would come home and there would be one tiny crumb on the floor that dear God, I missed one crumb, but the whole kitchen is spotless and I get punished. I get put on, I get grounded. And he would argue with you for 30, 40 minutes and be like, you guys didn't clean the kitchen. And we, we would literally be like, we did though. We did like we did. And so I think because of, and that wasn't the only situation that happened. And it was all of that in life um, growing up. I think that that has really distilled a subconscious belief in me that no matter how good I am, no matter how hard I tried for my parents, because like, I'm telling you, I'm like, I'm an emotional person. Like, Rachel, you could do something that I know that you did. Like, I could be standing next to you and you did something fucked up to someone. And I know that it's going to conspire poorly, like right then and there. 
And like, you'll be like, I don't care. And I'll be crying and I'll be like, no, I don't want you to get in trouble. I don't want this to happen to you. Like, that's the kind of person I am. Like when my sister, I think for her, she understood that like, no matter what we do, he's, we're just always going to get in trouble. Like it Mm -hmm. doesn't. So for her, it was almost like, why am I going to keep trying so hard? Because no matter how hard I try, they're still not going to be happy. So, so like, I remember she would just do whatever she wants. And I would hate that because if one of us got in trouble, we all got in trouble. It was no such thing. Like mm-hmm. we were all in it together, but I used to hate that because, and I always tell her now, like, I wish I would have been more like her in that sense, but I used to hate that as a kid. Cause like she wouldn't even care that we're getting in trouble. And here I am crying for something I didn't even do. <laughs> so here's, here's the thing. When it comes to dating, I also feel like, um, we take dating too serious. Like dating is supposed to be fun. You feel me? Like that's the get to know you stage. That's, that's the fun stage, the honeymoon stage where you're supposed to go out and dating is not exclusive to one person. So you can go on dates with multiple people. Hell, however, you can go on dates with 50 people. It doesn't matter. I feel like Lori Harvey is the master at dating and you know you're testing out the waters to see you know what really meshes with what you're looking for and if it doesn't serve you move on it's time to move on for the next one and i feel like that's where um a lot of us these days start to get things confused where we're taking things too seriously in the dating phase and but it's not until you decide to be exclusive with someone is then, sorry, it's not until you get exclusive with someone. Hey, what am I trying to say? Until you get exclusive is when uh, you really have to, you know, put in that work. Cause and take it serious. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. I feel like we're treating dating as if we're in an exclusive relationship when it's backwards. Well, do you think, you know what I think is also a big issue with our society, which I realized Mm -hmm. this, um, which this was something that we did in our last relationship pre COVID, which I love that we did. Um, but I feel like a lot of people don't do. So my most recent, um, ex, we met each other, um, years before we ever dated at work. And then he had left that job. I was in a relationship at the time, so we never talked. We were just coworkers. And and then a couple years later, when I was single, he was single. We ran into each other a couple of times around the city until eventually we started um, hanging out. So um, one, I think about this. And when we actually got together, we made a point every Tuesday night. I remember we used to do movie nights and dinner every Tuesday night. And like we intentionally went on dates, which I think is really important because I think something that I do realize in this day and age in this era with, because we have so much social media, because we have cell phones. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Think about it because Mm -hmm. it's like, I don't know. I mean, I've never, I, I truly say this, and I I just have never felt the desire to, I still don't now. I'm very like meet people organically kind of thing, but Mm -hmm. we have dating apps, Mm -hmm. we have social media. Mm -hmm. um, People don't really meet organically anymore. Yeah. And so, and then on top of that, like I have, and I really like this and I think this is something from my last relationship that I want to keep like moving forward. Me and my previous partner, we did not text all day, every day. 
I don't text Kev all day, every day. Yeah, like, because literally if I'm talking <laughs> to you, giving you my play by play all day, what are we going to talk about when I get home? No. And that's uh space is so key. Like um, even though Kevin and I live together and have a kid, I still live my life separately from both of them, from yeah. our son and him, because I'm, still need to be an individual myself. And I love the fact that Kev gives me the space to do that. Like, he's like, oh, like Kev, my, my friend wants me to go out. He's like, okay, bye. What are you still doing here? Why are you contemplating if you want to go or not? We'll be here. Bye. Yeah. So and- like, for example, <laughs> I love that though, because one, mm-hmm. it's important. It's good to be able to, like, obviously you want your friends and your partner to get a, to get get along and be able to hang out together. But I do think it's important too to have um, separate lives too. Like you should be able to go out with your girlfriends and have mm-hmm. a girl's night and he should be able to go out with his friends and have a guy's night mm-hmm. or whatever it is. Um, but yeah, no, I think the other issue too is like, for example, so I shortly before I moved, um, I had, I did have someone hit me up and I did go on a date um, and someone took me to the Hornets game. And one thing that I will say that I really liked about this was we had exchanged numbers a couple weeks ago when we ran into each other, but we had actually met each other a couple times just out at friends' house at after parties. Um, and then we ran into each other, finally exchanged numbers, and he randomly hit me up um, like on a Saturday night. I was like, hey, I got some free tickets to a Hornets game. Do you want to go? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. And I think the thing that I really liked is we did not talk again until the day before um, because he obviously wanted to make sure that I was still down to go and iron out plans. Um, he didn't want me to have to drive, you know, he wanted to do it the right way. He didn't want me to have to drive there and all of that. So, but I liked that there was no conversation really in between that and the first date um, because we actually had a really good date. I will say I never went on a date with him again um, because I moved. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember I was literally thinking that the whole time when I was on the date, I was like, dang, this is going really well, but also like, <laughs> When do you go on a date with someone and tell them that you're moving out of the city in less than two months? Um, but I really liked that. And it really gave me a good foundation of like what I would like dating to look like for me um, when I really am trying to find that person. Because I think mm-hmm. you have to leave room to get to know each other and room for mystery. And I think that's the big issue with our society nowadays. Um, and these kids don't even realize it. Like I talked to when I used to talk on the phones at work, I talked to a lot of older people because I worked in the morning. And they would always tell me, oh, I've been married to my wife. Every time you'd ask if they're married. I've been married for 47 years, 50 years. And I'd always tell them, wow, like you don't hear that nowadays. Because I think the divorce rate in America is like at least, I think it's higher think- than 50% of marriage. Yeah, 50% of marriages mm-hmm. end in divorce. And he was, he made a really good point. Uh, an old guy said this to you one time. He made a good point. He was like, first of all, he was like, young people, when shit gets hard. They will sleep. And we're in cancel culture now, so as soon as something doesn't go our way. Yeah, which don't get me right, wrong. If your relationship is toxic and it's it's not good, then like, yes, by all means, leave. (laughs) But like, okay, are you guys, is your partner struggling with depression because something going on in their life? Okay, Mm -hmm. let's work through this, right? But he was saying that one, he was like, kids don't ever want to work through it. But then he also made a really good point to me. He said, you know what else it is? When I was dating my wife, we didn't have cell phones. We didn't have pagers. So in order for me to really get to know this person, I had to really make time and invest time 
in this person because mm-hmm. they couldn't just call and talk on the phone. They couldn't just FaceTime. Mm-hmm. But he, he made a good point. He was like, but because I had we and that's a mutual thing, right? Both of them have to align and make that time for each other. So he was like, because we spent so much time and that was time out of our daily lives to make an effort to get to know each other. It just, it's so much more valuable to you. You're not just so willing to just let that go. And I was like, dang, that's a good point. Because I think about this, it's like you and someone break up. I feel like part of the reason like why I always spiral um, after me and someone break up because there's dating apps, there's social media. Like you can find 20 other girls. I want to be the devil's advocate. I want to be the devil's advocate. Go ahead. Only because I met Kev on Hinge, okay? Yeah. Kev and I met on Hinge, but he wanted to get to know me. I feel like that's the difference between um, a lot of guys now, because a lot of these guys, um, you know, they have all these influencers where it's like, you got to get mad bitches. You got to have all these hoes. You got to have a roster. And a lot of these guys, they don't really know what they want. But Kev knew from the moment we met, he, he knew he wanted me. He knew he liked me. So he was putting in that time to get to know me. And We've had our ups and downs. Like we're we're not a perfect couple, but when it gets tough, he he's he's all in. He's like breaking up. I mean, if that's what you want, that that's that's fine. If that's what you want, but we're gonna at least work it out. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's figure so it out. <laughs> like we're about to talk this out. Like we're gonna have the kid go to the grandparents' house. We're going to go on a date. We're going to figure this out because I want you. And I feel like that's a huge difference between like a lot of people these days is people don't really know what they want. And I don't know if it's because of more access because of social media, but. I don't even want to say that it's necessarily only more access because of social media. I mean, I think it makes temptation easier because it's like, whereas like in the past when they didn't have phones and all of that, like you had to go out and like try to physically meet someone in order to meet someone. Whereas it's like, now it's like, no, you can sign in people's DMS. You can get on hinge or whatever. And I'm not against dating apps just personally for me. I've honestly, like I've just never felt inclined to want to sign up for one. Um, Yeah, for sure. And Charlotte Um, for sure. because (laughs) (laughs) I live in a small town in a college town, so I'm good on that. But, um, But the crazy thing is, like you said, I think the other concept, too, that people don't understand is that I shouldn't have to beg you to want to be with me. No. Because, first of all, I'm going to tell you right now, if you are dating anyone because you need them, you need to break up with them. Because you have a lot of work to do with yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, I will definitely say in my last relationship, I didn't feel like I needed my partner, which is good. That was a level of growth for me because in the relationship before that, when we broke up, my whole world was crumbling um, and because I felt like I needed this person. In actuality, that person was not doing anything for me. I did. It was, it was like, what do you need from them? They're not doing anything for you. But also, like, I should never you should never be dating someone because you need them. Mm-hmm. You should only be dating them because you want, want them, them you or want to date. Them. Yep. It makes your uh, and they benefit your life, too. 
You don't want yeah. someone who's going to be a soul sucker either. Right? Yeah, it should be mutually <laughs> beneficial. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like, again, not because I don't talk to many, I don't have that many guy friends that are like talking to me about their relationship problems. But I feel like with my female friends and myself and stuff like that, it's like, why do we find in our, ourselves in these situ- situations where I'm not literally saying we're begging, you know, a guy to be with us, but like we're trying to do all these things to like make them want to stay with us when it's not working and we're trying to make it work when they're not trying to make it work. And it's like, why wanting someone like that's a want. And we we also got to realize uh, and understand and really like take it in when someone does not really like us. Cause I like my situation ship. I really liked him. Did he like me? Yeah, sure. But not in the way that I liked him. He liked me enough, you know, to have fun, but not to take it to that level. So I was trying to make him a boyfriend when that's not what he wanted from me. So I feel like that's where we clashed too. Oh yeah, no, a hundred percent. And I think that's the thing is like, we find ourselves trying to convince people to want to stay with us. And it's like, if someone Wanting to be with someone's not hard. I, I promise you, because I felt that way. Every person that I dated and I wanted to be with, even after we broke up, uh, I, I think at my last relationship, we had a lot of back and forth, on and off, on and off. And the one thing that I had to keep reminding this person when we would get back together and then we would decide to break up again. And he would ask me, like, why do we keep doing this? I always made it clear to him. I've always known what I wanted in this relationship. Mm-hmm. It's you that doesn't know what you want. Mm-hmm. so you know I'll take my fault and like I know that you're back and forth so like I probably shouldn't keep saying yes when you tell me that you want me again but like also don't make it seem crazy that I want to stay with you because that's always what I wanted I don't need you to beg me to want to because I've always wanted to be with you mm-hmm. and I feel like that's what, like we have to realize as women it's like being in a relationship with someone is them willingly wanting to do that with you. If they don't want to do that with you, they don't have to because you cannot mm-hmm. force anyone to be in a relationship with you. So if you're having to beg someone to want to be with you, you don't need to be in that, sis. Get out. <laughs> Take it from me. It, it sucks and it hurts and it's hard. Like, girl, mm-hmm. I'm still not over it. But it'll get easier. I mean, that's part of love. It'll get easier. It teaches you more about what you do and don't want in relationships. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some days it hurts more than others. And then sometimes you go weeks and you're like, damn, I'm good. And then, like, sometimes you have a bad day and you feel shitty again. Uh, but that's just all part of the healing process. But, like, we shouldn't be begging people to want to be with you. Mm-hmm. Never and beg. Sis- and desperate. You don't want to be And, yeah. and sis, quit running around all your friends being like, I know he's coming back because he needs me. Because I'm going to tell you right now, if you think that he needs you, that's, that's a problem. what he's got his mama for. Yeah, that's a problem. And you need to sit down with yourself and reevaluate. Do you want to be with someone who needs you to survive? Because that's, that's not it. So, so I, I like what you said. Um, and I, I applaud Kev for this. Because he's like, you know what? I'm always talking crap to him, but I'm really just like hyping him up on the show right now. But (laughs) he took five years off from dating and really did the self-work. 
So he's an angel. <laughs> he did this self work, didn't talk to anyone, really understood like what his values were, what he's looking for, um, worked on his own confidence. So that way he coming out of it, he knew his worth. He knew exactly what he wanted. He knew what type of person he wanted to align with. And it's just, he is so confident and sure of himself within this relationship with him and I. He's like, what do I need anything else for? That's I've done the work. <laughs> and I, I just feel like that is such an important thing to go through. Okay, so don't don't judge me. But I also feel like that single phase that Kev went through is very important. But I also think the hoe phase is very important as well. Yeah, I agree with that. So I will say, I think that's the other reason why my friends, when like, they're like, you should date. And I'm like, I don't want to. Like, listen, when I got out of my first serious relationship, girl, I did it. I had it. I did it. It was great. I don't so judge find out what it. you like. To find out yeah. what you like. Get, get, all those, mm -hmm, get those urges out of you. So that way, when you do go into what you found and that you know that you want, you're not, you're not having that wandering eye. You're not wondering, is the grass really greener on the other side when actually the grass is greener where you water it? You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. That's why I say it's important. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I feel like that's when I came out of my most recent relationship. Um, my friends have been like, I still can't believe you like don't want to date yet. And I'm like, well, because I've done that, like I've gone out, had fun, you know, whatever. I was like, but that's not where I'm at anymore. Like I did that. I got that out. I was like, you know, I, I, I feel like I'm kind of in the Kev single phase where it's like, and I will say this, like I've noticed this because um, again, I don't do much. I don't have a ton of friends here. So I went on one date about a month ago and because I have spent, and for me, it's only, I mean, truly, honestly, truly like being single, single, um, really it hasn't been that long, maybe four or five months. Cause my ex just moved out of state and we were still, we weren't together, but we were still dealing with each other a lot before he left. Um, so I've really been single, single for four months, but I've been living down here alone by myself for about nine months now. And I haven't really talked to anyone, dated anyone. I don't have anyone that I'm like texting all the time. Like I, I just, I haven't, and not necessarily that there hasn't been people that I've tried, but I just haven't really wanted that I've wanted to focus on myself and I'll say I went on um, a date for the first time like a month ago and it was crazy because I realized how much more respect I had for myself and I mean the date was fine the guy was cool we had a great conversation um which but I think about old me and I'd have been like oh my god like it was really cool we talked the whole time and like that would have been enough but there were certain things that he said and certain things I saw about his life that weren't necessarily bad but like for me personally I want to move out of North Carolina eventually. I'm not mm -hmm. trying to stay here forever. Like I'm young. I want to travel the world. I grew up in an army family. So I'm, I'm very comfortable with moving around. Like, I don't think you need to stay in one state forever okay. if you don't want to, if you want mm -hmm. to settle, but like, that's not where I'm at. I'm not ready to settle. And he was from New York and he actually moved down to North Carolina during the pandemic because his family had been down here for years and he's pretty settled here. And so that immediately, you know, it's so crazy because me in the past, young me would have been like, oh, the conversation was great. He was cute. Like he paid for everything. Like, yeah, it's going to happen again. But I honestly haven't pursued that person again 
since then. And I haven't talked to them since then because I don't want to waste his time because I already know you want to stay here mm-hmm. and I want to go. I don't mm-hmm. know when I'm going to go, but I know that I want to go. So that's like, important too, aligning yeah. what you want with, with the other person. Cause um, I think Kev, uh, honestly, I think Kev helped ground me. And I know that's crazy to say. It's, it's not because he put a baby in me two weeks after we met. <laughs> crazy story. Okay, no, I'll tell you how we met. Uh, we met, of course, on Hinge. And this was at the start of the pandemic. And so we met. It was, I think it was like two weeks later, we decided to meet up. And because everything was closed, this was like when everything was on strict lockdown, like we had a curfew. Um, I was like, we can go on a date, but you're not coming to my house. But lo and behold, he came to my house. I I cooked him uh, spaghetti. And... uh, I want to say two or three weeks later, um, he asked me to be his girlfriend. And it's crazy how fast, it's crazy how fast everything went. Because after that first time he came over, we were kind of like inseparable. But our values aligned, our, our future wants aligned, like everything pretty much aligned and it was kind of just like effortless and organic. I met the family. He had talked to my mom over um, FaceTime because she's not local. And yeah, uh, a month after we uh, made it official, I found out I was pregnant. (laughs) He made it officially official. He said, you ain't going nowhere, girl. You're mine. And my lease was conveniently expiring. So I was like, you know what? We just might as well just move in together. Yeah. Because, you know, I think that's a beautiful thing. Because I think, like, I think my mom told me that my grandparents were always married on my mom's side for their entire life. Um, They died. They're buried next to each other. And, I mean, from what I could tell, even my mom tells me they had a really good relationship. It was different. They slept in different bedrooms. (laughs) So I know that's, like, kind of weird to some people. But I don't know. That's just how it was. Um, But... My mom told me that her um, dad used to always tell her that they got engaged after two weeks of dating. Mm -hmm. Um, But he told my mom he knew after the second date that he wanted to marry her. He knew. And um, two weeks. He waited two weeks because he said he felt like two dates was too soon. So he waited two weeks. But they ended up staying together and staying together. but again, like I think with my grandparents, they were very, they balanced each other very well. They had the same goals for life and all of that. So I think it doesn't matter what your timeline is. Like me personally, it might be a little bit of a longer timeline. I don't know. Like when I get there, I'll get there. And, and there's um, no timeline. Yeah. There's no think, timeline on this. I think to your point, what's most important, like some people might hear your and Kev's story and be like, what? That's crazy. But I think you're you're right. Like if all of your goals align, he checks all those things on um, your list, and he, you check all those things on his list, then it works. Then go for it. You know what I mean? And, that, and that's that's why I want to say that too. Because again, like I, again, I love hard. So like, trust me. Like it won't take me long 
to fall in love with you. You know what I mean? I think about yeah. literally, I think about my last relationship, and it's so crazy because I knew him and I because I was in a very committed relationship when I first met him. I had no idea that he had a crush on me. And he was super respectful. He never like made it super apparent because he knew I was in a relationship. Um, but I remember how quickly I fell for him. And like to me, that was so crazy because it was like if someone would have told me even six months ago that I was going to date this guy, I would have been like, what the fuck? No, I'm not. Like, we don't even, I'm probably never used that person again in my life. So it's like, no, I, I agree with you. That's why I really want to have that list of non-negotiables and really like give myself that three to five date rule of making sure they check all those things because I know the second I'm in it, I'm in it. And yeah. So it's like, I need it. And for me, especially the way I've grown up and just the kind of person I am, once those rose-colored glasses come on for me, like, I will tell you the way that I'm crazy. I'm not the kind of crazy girl that's calling you a million times, showing up at your house, trying to fight people. Like, that's just not me. That's not my personality. But I'm crazy in the regard that, like, there's things that my friends, when I tell them, they were like, girl, I would have left a year ago. I'm the kind of person, like, when I have those rose-colored glasses on, I will sweep all your shit under the rug for you. Because um, I grew up watching my mom do that. So well, that's my that's example of Maybe that's a, a area of opportunity for you while you're single to not do that. Oh, hundred <laughs> percent. Because uh, I definitely have, like now that Kevin and I are in it, um, my non-negotiables. I mean, they they have changed in every season. I mean, it's still the baseline ones of you. You yeah. better respect me. Like no no hands on me. Like like those that kind of stuff. But like. Non-negotiables now is um, any decisions you make that could affect the the welfare of our family. You need to discuss with me because 100%. that my number one is our son. <laughs> so if anything compromises that or like being able to provide for him, and it's we didn't consult about it before, that's a non-negotiable for me. I'm out. Like. But also, people need to understand, like, I know a lot of times, I've, I've had this issue in past relationships where um, my exes have been, like, so annoyed that something they did affected me so much. And it's like, listen, especially outside of family, friends and partners are people that we are choosing and mm -hmm. wanting to be with, which means that when you start dating me, you are making a conscious decision and you going into that need to understand that the things that happen to you and the decisions you make also affect my life. So beautifully said. Yeah. Yeah. If you, if you don't like that, your decisions affect me. Bye. Cause yep. that's not, that's not being in a relationship. Being in a relationship is understanding that your decisions in your life affects the person around you. And, and then also, yeah. And then also ladies, I want to say this too. And I heard this on another podcast, so I'm not going to take credit for it. Um, but I was like, Oh my God. Yes. When your friends start asking you what's your type or like what are your standards, let's stop saying things like um, he's funny, um, he's nice to me. No, no, that's the if that is the bare minimum, like if that's where the bar is being set, our standards are way too low. Way really, too low. <laughs> yeah, 
Of course they should be funny and make you laugh. Of course they should be nice to you. Of course they should help pay for the. Or like I remember when I first got out of my. That's an ex- a minimum expectation. We'll just say it like that. Yes, my friend. That's not even a minimum expectation. That's just part of having a personality and being a person. Yeah. Like for example, I remember my first serious relationship out of high school. Um, I almost married this dude. Oh my god! Thank God I didn't. But I remember when I got out of that, I was like telling my friend Richard, who was a lot older than me. Um, that the next guy I dated had to have his own car and he had to have his own place. And he was like, what? He was like, that shouldn't be a standard for dating. Like that's part of being an adult and taking care of yourself. That's part of dating. So, and, and that really made me open my eyes up to being like, you're right. My standards are too low. When my standards of a good person is them being an adult and taking care of themselves, the bar is too low. No, like, you know, uh, for example, for me, for example, for me, I grew I've got a story in, for you after this. Yes, I grew up in an uh, emotionally um, and mentally abusive household. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't have a lot of positive affirmations. My mom gave us lots of positive affirmations, um, but I didn't get a lot of positive affirmations in a male form. Um, so something that's just real for me, and I've really learned this, is that when I'm in a relationship with someone, I know that they love me, but like, I need to hear it. I need you to tell me that. And some people might be like, that's dumb. You know, I love you. No, for me, I need you to tell me that you love me. I'm not saying you have to tell me 20 times a day, but like, that's important to me. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's starting to think about things like that. When you start having standards for a person, like maybe you don't need your boyfriend to tell you you're beautiful every day because but you feel it all the time, every time you don't need his validation and that's fine. But, you know, maybe you need those positive affirmations of, or, or maybe gift giving is important to you. Like it's really understanding what you need and that needs to be your standard. And so ladies, stop telling yourself, I hope he's funny. He has a nice, you know, he has a car and apartment. Um, he's clean, which I still think those need to be things on the list, but those should be, like you said, bare minimum. Mm-hmm. Like that's okay. What else do you need on top of that? <laughs> so let me tell you this like horror story of a date that I went on. So um, we actually met in high school. He had transferred. I want to say like my junior, sophomore, junior year, and all the girls were gawking over him. Oh my gosh, he's so fine. He's so handsome. I want him. And what put the cherry on top in high school is that he was related. He is, not was. He's related to a very well-known football player. Should I say the football player's name? Do you think he'll listen to this podcast? I don't think. I don't think he's. I would say that's crazy though, because I dated someone in middle school that um, was related to Michael Vick, which isn't really a flex anymore, but before all yeah. that went down, it was a little flex. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he was uh, related to Julius Peppers. Oh, wow. So, um, I mean, of course, I thought him attractive in high school. Everyone did. He was beautiful. He was handsome. Um, and we were in the same math class. Like, I mean, if he needed like the answer to a question or something, I would give it to him. I wasn't one of those girls. I was like, do your own work. I was like, all right, don't trust it. But here's what I got. Uh, <laughs> but we connected. Um, after I graduated from college, we reconnected. And he was like, you know, I always thought you were cute. Um, I want to take you out on a date. 
And I'm like, okay. So I was excited about it. And he was like, can you come pick me up? And I'm like, what? Um, okay. After I got over that, I was like, okay, let's go. I'm excited. So we went to Outback Steakhouse and the conversation was great. But when it was time to pay for the bill, he was like, um, we're splitting the check. And I looked at him and I was like, what? He was like, yeah, we're splitting the check. I'm like, you asked me out. And he, and then he was like, yeah, I know. And I'm like, so why aren't you paying? He's like, and he was like, well, because you ate your own food. <laughs> I'm like, but that's not a date. What are you talking about? And then he was like, well, can you pay for mine? And I'm like, bro, what? So that's crazy. I, I ended up paying and drove him back home and never talked to him ever again. Can I tell you something crazy? This is why I say, like, I'm not crazy in the sense of, like, I'm showing up at your house in the middle of the night, but not my last relationship, definitely not. But the one before that, um, that was, that's my, that's my ex. Like, that's, I will say this, like, our first date, he took me to, um, he was a college athlete. He went to school out of town. I was living in Charlotte. So he came into town and he wanted to take me out, but he didn't have a car. Which I will say I gave him this because he technically went to school like elsewhere. So I picked him up. I did make him pay for the ticket for me. And I did. I didn't want to go on a date with him by myself the first time. So I brought my best friend. Um, <laughs> Not so you third wheeling him. <laughs> he did. Yeah. I was like, I don't know. I wasn't ready yet. I was like, we're going we're gonna to dip our toes into this. Um, but he did pay for our tickets. But come to find out now, like now that I think about it, he was like the college football superstar in my town growing up. So he probably didn't even pay for the tickets to get in. They probably just let him go free. Um, and the only thing he did end up buying us was like snacks at the concession stand at a high school football game. So he didn't spend out that much money. But you know what I will say? I was that girl for so long because shortly after that, he um, academically got kicked out of school and moved back home and immediately started staying at my apartment all the time, had no job, had no money. So anything we did, it was on. I you. paid for not that I had a lot of money. I was making seven twenty five working at Panera Bread. Um, I would go to my mom's house once a week and like steal groceries from her because I couldn't afford groceries <laughs> um, because I was paying rent for the first time in my life. But yeah, no, it's crazy. And it, yeah, I know I agree with you. And obviously, I've come a long way from that way. And it's not saying that if um, like I'm all for women being the breadwinner. My mom was always the breadwinner growing up. Um, and a lot of my relationships, I was the breadwinner, but ladies, at least if, if he's not the breadwinner, there should be some kind of contribution. Like it should be yes. fair. Yes. Like my ex, uh, my most recent ex, when we first started dating, he worked part-time, but he was also a full-time student in school, but you best believe he was helping pay for groceries. He was help. He yeah. still helped pay for dates and stuff like that. Like, yeah, maybe I had a little bit more expendable funds and, I mean, when you do really get in a relationship with someone and your expenses are together, you do start have to making the money work for the most, you know, mm -hmm. for the both of you. But at the same time, it wasn't like I paid for everything and he didn't pay for anything. No, he and if anything, he made more of a conscious effort to make sure that he was doing those kinds of things. Or there was even days when I would come home. I'm like notorious for not buying all the little things that I need, mm -hmm. that I know that I need, but like, I just don't ever go and get like them. Like toilet paper or paper towels? I, <laughs> vitamins. I remember that was the first time I was like, this is when we were pretty new in our relationship.
we were living together and this was like one thing that he did that made me be like damn you actually care about me i like i came home from work one day and we had just moved it was really expensive you know we were kind of broke and there was just like little things he saw that i need like i needed a, a light bulb for my himalayan salt rock that he called my pet rock um i i wasn't taking multivitamins and like he was really big on health and wellness he had bought me multivitamin i mean it was just i couldn't tell you everything it was just a slew of like random things and no it wasn't necessarily anything super expensive but it was like you know he had noticed throughout the weeks of all these little things i was putting off buying and he made a conscious effort. I remember it was the vitamins that really got me. Like I hadn't taken multivitamins since I graduated. And he was like, oh, I got you some like multivitamins. And I was like, damn, this person actually like, he doesn't just care about me like because he's supposed to, but like he's actually thinking about like making sure I'm healthy and stuff like that. So it's like, girls, it's okay to pay for dates. It's okay to switch off. Like I remember we did Tuesday date to, nights. He would. If he yes. wanted to, he would. He will if he wants to. <laughs> yes. We would do Tuesday date nights and we'd always go to the movies and we would always switch off. Every other week, one of us would pay. Like it's okay um, to split the check sometimes. But no, in that situation, like I shouldn't have to pick you up. I shouldn't have to pay for our dinner. Like, because mm -hmm. I'm that way too. Like that's why I'm like, I don't always like hit up people. Like I always think about that too. Like if I hit up a guy friend and I'm like, let's go get food. If I don't want to pay for his meal, I'm, I make sure I set that expectation. Like, yeah, I'm not paying. For it's you. friendly. Yeah. yeah. Like, let's, <laughs> let's, let's just go grab lunch. Like this isn't a date, but like, if I were to hit up a guy and be like, Hey, like, let's go. I want to take you out to dinner. Like, let's go out to dinner. Like I would pay because I invited him, but vice versa. If a guy tells me, "Hey, I want to take you out to dinner," I'm, gonna, I'm always gonna bring dinner. enough. <laughs> yeah, I'm always gonna bring enough money in case I have to pay for myself. But like, if you're inviting me out to dinner, a nice dinner, I'm assuming you're paying for my dinner. Yeah, and and it's bad that like as dating, like I've always had the expectation until I met Kev. Like, if a guy asked me out to dinner, I'm always like, okay. I got to make sure I can at least pay for our dinner just in case. And it's so bad that we have to rely on ourselves when a man is supposed to do something like that. <laughs> but yeah. out the dinner. But no, um, I think that's beautiful because Kev does that same thing. Like um, the little things, like even though I'm the breadwinner, we, I, I pay for like the mortgage and like the house stuff. Um, like, house insurance, the taxes and like things like that. But he, he pays for all the utilities. Um, he pays for majority of the groceries and um, like we split the baby stuff, of course, but it's still, he still puts in a lot of effort and then he, he'll take over. Like if we're down and out, like for example, he got fired a couple months into us moving in together. So of course I took over, which was no problem because he got a, another job. And then when I got laid off, he took over and it was, you know, it's. Yeah. I think as long as it's, a partnership. Same, it's like, I mean, cause the reality of it you think about is like, like, for example, if like you're dating some super rich guy that like he wants to live in a nice house because he has the means, but you can't afford to pay half that rent. Like 
but also like, why are we going to live below our means if we can afford it? I think it's, there's some level of equality, right? So it's like, yeah, you, the mortgage might be a little bit more expensive, but you have the higher pay and who's not to say that those groceries and those utilities aren't taking just as much of the money he is making as yours. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the biggest thing. It's just making sure that everyone is contributing as mm -hmm. equally as possible. Maybe some person contributes a little bit more financially, but making sure like, remember that was a big thing with my, that was another thing like with my most relationship that I really loved is that like when he was in school and working part-time because he knew that I was working full-time and I was taking that load, I never had to clean the house. The house was always clean when I came home. He would cook, my dinner would be ready and made for us to eat together when I got off of work. And half the time my lunch was prepped and ready for me for the next day. You know what I mean? And it's like, those are the things where I think about my relationship before that, he didn't work for two and a half years. He just sat around, smoked weed and wanted to be a rapper. And I would come home and our house would be disgusting. And he would get on me about not cleaning. And I'm like, I work and I was working a lot of overtime then too, because I was the only person paying me bills. And I would be like, I go to work for like 12, 13 hours a day. I pay for everything in this house. But this is the crazy thing is, you think I ever said that to him? You should have. I, I should have. But the thing too, for me was I could afford that. So we weren't hurting for money. Like we were doing well. But it was like, I, I didn't do that to hold that over your head. I did that because I loved you and I wanted to live comfortably. But at the same time, don't sit here and get on me about the house that you dirtied when I'm busting my ass so that we can live a good life. And um, so like that was a big thing that I learned. And I was really glad that I didn't have that issue um, in my last relationship because and, and I tell my mom, my mom always thinks it's so crazy when I tell her that my ex, she's like, you don't cook him dinner every night. And I was like, Hell no. no. Any, Hell no. To be honest with you, <laughs> he, one, was just a better cook. Like, he taught, he really taught me how to cook. Um, but I was like, he loved cooking. And I was like, if anything, he's really the person that cooks dinner. And it's not because I made him. Like, he would do it. But, like, I remember sometimes we get around a Friday, Saturday, and I'd be like, hey, you want me to cook dinner tonight? Because, <laughs> like, I knew he had done it so many times this week. Like, let me help. But And then my mom thinks that's so crazy. Or, like, when I would tell her, she would ask me if I ever would have to ask him to clean or, like, put his laundry away. And I was like, no. And she's like, really? And I'm like, why would I? Again, that is a part of living and adulting. If he wasn't dating me and he lived alone, he would still have to do those things on his own. So why should I have to get on him to do that? And and I, I get it because, again, my relationship before that, it was like that I would have to, like, get on him. Most of the time he wouldn't do it. I would do it. But now that I've dated someone who it's like I never had to ask him to clean. I never had to ask him to cook dinner. I never had to ask him to put things away. And I will never go back. Like, I tell so, you right now, next so here, I here's date, the thing. Here's the thing. Capital. Uh, Kev lived with his parents before him and I moved in together. And it uh, it was some growing pains when we first moved in because he didn't have his parents to do everything. He didn't know how to operate a household. So it was, uh, you know, taking on that challenge. But I, I got him well changed. I got him well trained now. Now if I start to clean, he knows. He better start picking up something or I'm yelling. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not about to be the only one cleaning, but uh, no, and also too, like we have to take in consideration like where the person 
is in their life and where we're at too and mm-hmm. meet in the middle. Like I, because um, Kev didn't really go out much. He lived at home with his parents. I taught him a lot about life, like being on his own. So, I mean, do what you will, but also some people just need to be taught how to be adults. Cause some, well, no, mm-hmm. for sure. I agree with that because I think that was a big thing that my most recent ex taught me too was like, um, Cause I had been in a relationship prior to him that it was like, we did everything together. Like if I was going mm-hmm. out, he was going out and stuff like that. Where like, I remember like, I remember the first time we were supposed to go somewhere together and he just like woke up and he didn't want to go. And for a second, like I was so shocked. Cause I was like, well, we told all our friends are going. And he was like, babe, go like still go have fun. Like, I'm just not feeling it. Like I have the shit that I need to do. And I was like, it, you know, it really made me realize I agree with that. Like, I think there was a lot of things not that I didn't know how to necessarily be an adult because I had been on my own for a while, but there was a lot of things I had to learn because I grew up extremely sheltered. Um, so yeah, I a hundred percent think that. And I think you're right. It's definitely meeting in the middle. Um, because like, for example, my ex was very neat and clean. The neatest person, um, that definitely the neatest guy I've ever met or been around neatest person I've ever been around. Um, and like, for example, like I'm not dirty. Like I clean up, like, keep my bathroom clean I wash the dishes and stuff but like my closet's always a disaster and so like you know we had those moments of meeting in the middle where it's like listen like I keep everything else clean but every once in a while the closet's gonna be a wreck um but I think it's just making sure that wherever your guys's middle is you can both live like that um because like I think about my ex and like prior to him and I'm like there's no way like if if I met someone who was that dirty ever again? Like, no, it's it's just not going to work because there's a certain level of like mess I can live in. I can live in messy, like your clothes might be on the ground throughout the week or like, but like dirty, no, I can't do dirty. <laughs> no, I can't do dirty either. No. But um, definitely this relationship topic, we should expand more on it in later episodes. But I think it's so funny. We started off our intro. <laughs> Didn't even make it to our outline. <laughs> yeah, we wanted to talk about something totally different. But we got 30 minutes in and we're just having such a good conversation. I was like, let's just roll with it. Yes. But so we'll definitely table our uh, the outline for this show for the next show. But I, I hope you guys really enjoyed this free-flowing conversation when it came to relationships. And I hope you guys picked up some jewels about our experiences and able to apply it positively in your own personal lives. And um, I, I would love to hear, you know, the audience's feedback when it comes to relationships. I feel like there's just so much to relationships. <laughs> For sure, guys. We actually have visual on YouTube. So definitely drop comments below and let us know. We can all learn from each other. Yes. You guys, yeah. Yes. So we drop Wednesdays. Every Wednesday, you'll be able to find us on Instagram and TikTok. Let's be real podcast underscore RJ. Thanks, guys, for listening. And we'll see you next week. Bye, guys. Get into it. Let's have some fun.